Welcome to Design Your Life with Sandy. I am your host, Sandy Yang. I am a brain rewiring certified coach and human design expert. In this podcast, we talk about becoming the most kick-ass, unstoppable version of yourself, building a life of alignment and flow that you deserve, and taking a holistic approach to health and wellness. Don't forget to connect with me on Instagram at sandyyang.hd. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. Okay, how good does this February energy feel? Honestly, I am so glad we're in February now because, well, if you follow anyone who's like semi into spirituality or the woo, we are in this crazy cool portal that started yesterday, February 22nd, that's going to last until the 22nd of February. So 2-2-2-2-22, all in 2022. That is a lot of twos. Um, But speaking of numerology, two is all about partnership, working together, partnership in like different forms, romantic, business, collaboration of all sorts, co-creation, harmony, well, co-creation in harmony. So those are just big themes right now. Um, The energy feels honestly electric, like such a difference compared to January. January, we had Mercury retrograde, a crazy full moon and Venus retrograde. So lots of redirection energy. Um, And that could be really hard and challenging, to be honest. So now we're kind of clearing away from that. And now is time to create and really like manifest, take aligned action, which also involves dropping anything that is no longer in alignment. It's really awesome that this episode is coming out at this time because as I mentioned before, this period, this portal is all about co-creation in harmony. So, you know, two like people, things, situations coming together and collaborating. So that's really fun. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if you meet someone special, call in a new mentor, call in new clients, call in like all kinds of cool shit. But today we have a really special guest, Caitlin Sullivan. She is a Pilates instructor and hormone health coach based in San Diego. So as you can imagine, we're talking about movement and body today. And yesterday I was literally thinking, wow, like each of us, has one body and is really our vessel to experience our human life. And we should really have a more harmonious relationship with it because our bodies are sacred. When it comes to working out and keeping yourself in optimal health, Caitlin is all about working smarter, not harder. We like to achieve more by doing less. Caitlin is a 5-1 self-projected projector in human design. You can expect to hear about how she experiences the 5-1 profile, her self-projected authority, and all that good stuff. 
we talk about her journey to healthy body image and becoming comfortable in her own skin. And if you follow Caitlin on Instagram, she is just so graceful. She literally reminds me of a swan. She is so beautiful. She is obviously a Pilates instructor. You can find her on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, and she has a wonderful platform where you can take her classes and learn from her. One of the things she is so passionate about is sharing how to sync your cycle with your workouts and lifestyle in general, um, which is so important for anyone with a menstrual cycle. Speaking to her actually helped me appreciate all the different phases of my cycle. I feel like a lot of us can identify with being frustrated when you get your period and you want to do all those things, but you don't feel good. Um, honestly, we want to work with our bodies. We want to be in harmony with our physical health. And one of the really great ways to do that is to sync your lifestyle with your cycle. And Caitlin is such an expert. Um, you can actually learn a lot from her on this topic through her membership platform, Spring to Life. I mean, we love that name. She will teach you how to truly take care of yourself and your body so you can feel vibrant and amazing throughout the different phases of your cycle. Yeah, you don't have to suffer. Feel bloated, experience crazy cravings during or right before your cycle. There's a better way out there. On the Spring to Life membership platform, you can find different workouts for different phases of your cycle, live classes, guides on cycle syncing, which is super important. Caitlin is amazing. You just give her a follow on Instagram and you will be mesmerized by the way she instructs. So if you are looking to get lean, toned, move your body more consistently and feel good throughout your cycle, check out Spring to Life membership platform. You will love it. Caitlin is an amazing instructor. I just love a projector fitness instructor. There's just something about the way they instruct that makes you feel so taken care of. So check that out. Caitlin has generously offered our listeners first month free if you apply the code SANDY, S-A-N-D-Y in all caps at checkout. I was really inspired to take better care of myself inside and out after speaking to Caitlin, and I'm sure you will too. You can find her on Instagram at Spring to Life Method. All her other info are in the show notes, so check that out. Without further ado, enjoy the episode. Okay, hi Caitlin. I love your office. Thanks for having me. I love recording in person. Yes, thanks so much for coming to visit me. I'm happy to have you in my space. We've been talking for the last 15, 20 minutes, but okay, let's like get into it. I'd love for you to introduce yourself to the audience. My name is Caitlin and I'm a Pilates instructor and hormone health coach in San Diego. You are also a projector. I would love for you to share what is your authority and profile in human design. I am self-projected. So that's my authority, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm self-projected. And what was your second? Your profile in human design? I'm a 5'1". Oh, I five love one. that. 
Um, how do you resonate with the five one? Every time I see um, you know anything like shared about it, I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's me. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Since finding human design really changed my life and the way I approach business and everything, so I find that all of it resonates. I love that so much. <laughs> And just from like what I know from social media, I was obviously like stalking you to prepare <laughs> for this podcast. I see a lot of the one in you. Like、mm-hmm. you are truly like a pro,、um, and like you know everything about it.、Um, and the five is very much like extroverted energy. Hmm, that's so interesting.、Um, yeah, I think that talking about the one, like. I when I went into getting my Pilates certification, I had a really、um, kind of defined idea about what I wanted to get out of it because I was approaching it from this place where I had this chronic pain and inflammation in my body. I was feeling really weak, and I wanted it to be a solution. So I wanted to know as much as I could about it and understand how my body was working within the method.、Um, so. I didn't really get that initially out of my first training experience. I ended up diving a little deeper into a second certification, and that helped me to uncover、um, the things. Just started to click, and I saw it as a method and way to help people, and that like set me on this journey of being like, this is the thing that I have to know, yeah, <laughs> know the most, most about. But it's interesting that you say that extroverted energy because I've always identified as just like. Very introverted in my whole life, and I think finding human design has helped me identify the places where I can be more outgoing because I'm a Leo. I am a Leo, so I have, I'm also a Leo. I have this ex. I do have this extroverted energy in me.、Um, yeah, I'm a Leo Sun and Leo Rising, and I kind of always wondered <laughs> to myself, like, where is that within me? You know, I used to be a performer, and then like when I transitioned out of that, I was like. A little unsure of where that energy would go or would come from, and now I feel like I've kind of put it into action and figured out a way that works for me. That's amazing because I'm also a Leo Sun and Sagittarius Moon, so we both have、mm-hmm. a lot of fire going on.、Mm-hmm. And I've always been like, "Are you like using it correctly? <laughs> Are you sure your birth time was correct? You know what I mean?"、Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I feel like. A lot of living your human design or like your astrology is also just like、um, overcoming like your blocks,、mm-hmm. and that allows you to step into more and more. It's not like you're just like okay, you're just gonna do it from day one. Totally, yeah. I definitely had some like inner wounds from my years in ballet of being cut down. You know, I don't want to say always. You know, like. Directly, but there was just so many things that you had to overcome, and so many things that would make you feel less than. And so, coming out of that, I felt a lot of self-judgment and a lot of、um, just anxiety around what other people would think of me. So it was hard for me to, you know, find that way to like break out because I always loved being on stage.、Um, so it's yeah, it's been really cool to like come back around to like a creative way for me to express myself. Yeah, absolutely.、Um, it's so interesting you brought up your ballet career because when I think about that, I'm thinking about the Black Swan movie. <laughs> Is that like a realistic、um, way to describe the ballet you industry? You know, it. I don't want to say that it is 
But after I saw the movie, because um, I was still like I was right. just I was just starting my dance career when the oh, movie came out. Oh, that's scary. Yeah. So I was my friends and I went to the movie theater to see it, like the premiere, and I we I think we kind of had like certain expectations of it because it's like Hollywood movie like ballet is not usually portrayed the best in ballet just like even the technique wise but coming out of the theater afterwards I was like well it's really exaggerated but to be quite honest there are like a lot of elements of truth in in that movie as mm -hmm. to like how the politics and um the competition between people it unfortunately it's not always that like everyone around you is supporting you and lifting each other up a lot of times it's you know really kind of cutthroat like I want that part so it's gonna be mine and yeah so there's some truth in it <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and like you say you're self-projected authority that means you have a very strong consistent sense of like who you are where you want to go what you want to be mm -hmm. and to be in like a I don't want to say cutthroat environment and like you're like putting yourself out there a hundred percent like you don't even get to like hide in clothes you know mm -hmm. and to like be rejected that like I mean no one likes to be rejected or questioned but like for someone with a strong sense of like identity mm -hmm. you feel even more rejected that just feels like 10 times worse you know yeah. like that wow I feel so seen right now. <laughs> um, that brought back this memory for me because so I grew up in a really small town. I got into ballet a little bit late when I was like 13. So I had a lot of catching up to do and I was just like all about it. I loved it. I like, lived at the dance studio. My dance teacher was like my second mom and she was really supportive and you know I progressed really quickly, really fast and I would always be told like you're going to have no problem like getting a traineeship, an apprenticeship, like making it in this field. And so I had that sense of myself and then I was let out <laughs> into the world and it was a completely different story. It wasn't always just that your work spoke for itself. There were the politics and all of these different other elements to it. And I remember one ballet mistress in particular, just she had it out for me for whatever reason and she would just scream the most horrible things at me like during class during rehearsal one time she asked me why it sounded like a 300 pounds was going across oh the floor gosh, that's so mean <laughs> and it was just i was so young still i think i was only like 19 like fresh out oh, of like geez. high school in my first traineeship and i had always felt so confident in my abilities you know i'd always felt like I could do what I was doing and really around that time I started I began to question myself I was like who's been lying to me all this time you know why am I here what's going on and that really like threw me for a loop and maybe that's what kind of started all of the questioning for me <laughs> I think about it yeah um so with like the defined um identity mm -hmm. center mm -hmm. obviously like it can be great you have this clear sense of like a lot of clarity where you mm -hmm. want to go and you know, when you use it in the right way, mm -hmm. you know, right in quotes, like you're like really confident and you are like self-assured. But when like you get rejected, it's like, oh, it's not like my idea that people don't like. It's like, oh, they don't like me. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not good enough. You yeah. know what I mean? Instead of like 
oh, I can just come up with a different idea. Yeah. Well, yeah. and it's especially hard in ballet and dance because your idea is the way that you're expressing your body. So it's really hard to separate the, yeah. the idea from the self and, mm -hmm. you know, take certain critiques, you know, I should have been taking them with a grain of salt instead of taking them to heart. <laughs> do you think, I know you're not like in that environment anymore, but do you think given today's culture, like people are nicer and, you know, not, you know, abusive verbally? Um, I would like to believe so. I actually, I have seen a really big shift in the past couple of years, actually, since I've stopped dancing. I think it's been about four years. There's been a lot of movements happening, I you know, know, nationally. So there has been like a, a little bit of movement in the dance world, but it's also such like a, it's like a behind closed doors. Like people don't necessarily know what's you know, they know that there's a ballet happening, you know, at the opera house or whatever, but they don't know what goes into that. And the industry, it, it, it's very like cloistered. We're like a separate society. <laughs> kind of. yeah. So I think for like a lot of change to happen, it's going to take a while. And, you know, there are, there is a union, but there's also like really small companies too, mm -hmm. where people are able to get away with things, which is unfortunate in my I've always had such a soft spot for other dancers that have then gone on to have to, you know, put up with the similar people or same people that I have. Um, but I do see like a positive shift happening and I hope that it continues. Yeah, definitely. Um, so when I, I was telling you this earlier, mm -hmm. but when I first met you about like a year ago, isn't mm -hmm. that crazy? Um, I was like, wow, she's like tall. She's like super slim but she has like abs so she's like body goals for a lot of people um and then when i was doing research listening to you on a different podcast mm -hmm. you talked a lot about well you have an incredible story um which i'd love for you to share more on um but you talked a lot about inflammation mm -hmm. um so i would love for you to elaborate more yeah, yeah. So I, I've always been tall and on the leaner side, and I never really struggled with that throughout high school. Like I was pretty lucky that way, and um, body image wasn't something that I really focused on too much until I was like out of high school and trying to make it in the professional world, and that was around the time that I started to really struggle with what my body was looking like and. You know, I think it's similar for everybody. Like you look back at a picture from 10 years ago and think, oh my gosh, I thought that I was like yeah, so, so chubby then and like look at me, that's not the case. So it was kind of, it was very slow how it started to build, but I didn't feel like I was changing anything about the activities that I was doing or the food that I was putting in my body. And in fact, like I thought that I was eating healthier than I had been and I just started from about age 19, 20 onwards to feel like I couldn't build or retain muscle tone, like I was just getting puffier. I would look in the mirror and just not recognize my face. Like I would be like, that's not what my face looks like. Like it's just puffy. <laughs> this is when you are in ballet. This is when I was in ballet. That would be dancing. so stressful. It was really stressful because and you're in front of a mirror between like four and eight hours a day and not very much clothes and you're looking at the person next to you and 
not all ballet mirrors are created equally. So sometimes it's like a fun house, which is even more of like a mind fuck for you to look in one mirror and look really tall and thin and you step into the Wait, next what? mirror and you're like short. Wait, are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> why, why are they created that way? I don't think, I don't think it's intentional. I think it's just probably like a defect uh -huh. in the mirror and like oh, how, okay. how they are installed maybe. I don't know, but. I swear in some clothing shops, the mirrors Yeah, it's just are like not. that. Okay. <laughs> Imagine that you stand in front of it all day, every day. Yeah, that's mind fuck for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I um, gradually just started to kind of accumulate this inflammation and where I had always like I had always been able to at least have some uh, abdominal definition when I was younger and even that became a struggle for me as I was progressing in my career and it just was kind of puffy <laughs> looking puffy and not healing as quickly also now that I like look back with you know clear vision on things you know sprains and strains and those types of inflammation not clearing as quickly my skin had always been clear as a teenager and as you know kind of around the same timeline I started experiencing really hormonal acneic skin and just you're like what is happening to my body and you yeah. feel out of control almost. exactly and it kind of it's not like they all happen at one time so yeah. it's just like they come little by little and then before you know it you're like what is going on like is this normal to am I just getting older and this is why I feel this way mm -hmm. <laughs> that kind of thing yeah how old were you at this point so by the time I stopped dancing I was 25 or 26 mm -hmm. and that was when by that time I was really struggling with my skin I felt just like not really comfortable in my skin just because of how I thought that I had gained weight, but just how puffy that I was and my, I was not confident in my skin. I didn't like, I never liked wearing makeup, but I didn't feel like I could go makeup free because I had so much acne and my hair was dry and brittle. And oh, you know, I would have like allergic reactions to this or that. And my digestion was off all the time. And that's so stressful. And you have to put yourself in front of other humans. Exactly. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, now look at me and you don't want to be looked at. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you just feel stuck because it's like, if you don't show up, then you're not going to move forward. Mm -hmm. But I also want to hide. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I kind of, I had always loved dancing so much and I was in this space where for a really long time, I could not imagine my life without ballet in it. And by my, the end of my last season, I found myself just not even wanting to be in the studio in the morning at the bar warming up and that was always like my favorite part of it and I just knew that I had to like let that go mm. and not do that anymore. Do you have a backup plan at that point? Um, I had started to work for my family's business remotely but I didn't really have a backup plan. I just knew that I needed to stop doing what I was doing because I felt like I was the toxic person in the room and I wasn't the only toxic person in the room. <laughs> was it just a toxic environment yes. and everyone yes. kind of knows but you can't really say anything? Yeah, it was It was like that and it was um, kind of, I mentioned there's these smaller companies all over the place where 
it's kind of like the wild west like there's not a ton of rules um you're not really an employee you're not really an independent contractor you're kind of just like their time slave <laughs> and, oh jeez yeah and you're not getting paid very well but you want to perform and that's your ticket to performing the love for ballet must have been very strong. It was, it was very strong for a long time. And I started to just kind of wake up and be like, why am I killing myself over this? And I still had, I was, I was also teaching ballet at the time. I think I was teaching like four or five days a week on top of dancing six days a week. So it was an intense schedule. And I was also, I think, working in like a restaurant or a coffee shop on and off oh, the time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, so it was a lot. I've always, that was what, I've always felt that I needed to be working multiple jobs, and I really was in that when I was younger. Yeah. How about now? Was your attitude or like approach towards like your career and work? Now, um, my approach is work smarter, not harder. Love that. <laughs> or um, I like to also frame it as achieving more by doing less. Um, and so I just try to think about the most efficient ways that I can do things. What is going to be the most efficient use of my time, the most productive, you know, the most valuable use of my time. That's and a very productive thing to say. <laughs> finally. <laughs> I finally figured it out. Um, and it's still a struggle sometimes. I think it always is. Like you always have, um, you know, opportunities, obligations, different things that are like pulling at you or tempting you. And so that has been my kind of practice in the last year of being able to decipher which thing is a yes and which thing is a no. And that's, I used to be an always a yes person and being able to say no to certain things has been really helpful <laughs> <laughs> yeah I feel like is more important to learn to you know identify and how to say no to mm -hmm. than to say yes to everything mm -hmm. definitely um speaking of efficiency I am dying to learn more from you about how we can sync our workouts to with our um, menstrual cycle because yes. Like there are certain days in your cycle where you are just more energetic mm -hmm. and you can, you know, do more cardio mm -hmm. or whatever and like burn more fat. Mm -hmm. Whereas like the week before a period, you're just like, I don't want to move. Yeah. So tell us more. Okay. So we have four phases in our menstrual cycle. We have, we start on day one with our bleed in the menstrual cycle. You move into your follicular phase then your ovulatory and then your luteal phase. And the easiest way to think about this is with the season. So your period is winter and then you move into spring, summer and fall. And summer is always the shortest season, unfortunately. I so. know. <laughs> well, in San Diego, it's November. It feels like summer today. That's true. We are lucky today. We've got some nice weather. Um, so I think the the reason that I am so passionate about this is because I come from a background of being really intensely physically active, like all of the time, and also having a really 
bad relationship with my period, with my menstrual cycle. Like as a dancer, I like didn't even want to have it. Like I didn't want to think about it. That was like right it's like a, yeah, it like stops you from like getting after your goals and just like yes. it, it, it like feels like burden. Yes, and like talking about body image, like you definitely don't want to be in a leotard and tights when you're right like, on the first day of your cycle, and actually. When I was dancing, I had a coworker one season who was on a visa from Russia, and she would always like not show up to work on like the first couple days of her cycle, and we'd be like, "What are you doing? Where are you? Like, why are you not coming to work today?" And she would get so mad, and she would be like, "Back home, I do not have to go to work when I start my cycle." And we were like, "Okay, like princess, you know, we thought it was so ridiculous." And looking back with the knowledge and understanding that I have now, like it makes so much sense because a lot of times when you're on your period, it's not productive to be doing something really physically active. So if you kind of take that into mind, when you start day one of your cycle, that's your winter, that's when you want to be like hibernating, kind of resting and restoring. So it's not really reasonable to expect yourself to be doing something really vigorously active and you could actually be working against yourself if you're really trying to push through a hard workout during your menstrual phase because you could be triggering fat storage hormones or creating more inflammation in your body than you need. So actually resting is more beneficial in the long run for your fitness goals. But as soon as your cycle is over, you move into your follicular springtime phase and right away your hormones start to ramp up and so does your I feel like a new person. You feel like a new person. You just like wake up that next day and you're like, I have a new lease on life. And (laughs) you have all these hormones, this energy is rising. So that's when you can start to like build up. And I think it depends um, on the person. Like if you like to do something a little more in high intensity, if you feel ready for it, you can go for it. I like to do strength training, like resistance mat training, kind of classical Pilates on the mat or the reformer. And then you move into your ovulatory phase, which is unfortunately only like three to four days. You what? only you only ovulate one day, but you have that window where you get this peak energy, peak hormones. I love that. that <laughs> it's the phase, best, right? Yeah. <laughs> I always feel like dancing. Um, so that's when you want to like really optimize that time, especially if you like to do cardio or you like to do hit or something really intense. That's when you want to do it because you're going to get the best results from it. And then you'll notice then after that you move into luteal or your fall phase and your hormones start to lower, but your progesterone rises. So you might still be feeling good. So you can go back to maybe your mat workouts, your strength training, lighter yoga, walking, um, as you ease into your next menstrual cycle. So you've got about a two week window there after your ovulatory phase where you might have Maybe the first week you have higher energy and then yeah, the second I feel week, that. yeah, then you move into your like approaching the the next winter <laughs> and you want to start to slow it down. So I do a mixture of like my strengthen and lengthen flows during my luteal phase. Okay, awesome. And I know on in your membership mm-hmm. you can just see which part of the cycle you're in and choose which will work out to do mm-hmm. accordingly. So tell us about your um, Spring to Life method. I love the name, by the way. Thank you, thank you. Um, so I created this method when I was coming out of a really intense period of burnout in my life. I had 
not been dancing for a while. I was Pilates certified. I was when I finished my business degree, I went back to school for my health coaching to, uh, certification, and I was teaching Pilates in the studio. I had a studio in my house where I had clients come. I was also working for my family's business and just trying to do all of the things, trying to figure out what was like the thing that I wanted to do. Um, and I got really burnt out, and then the world shut down. Oh. <laughs> Just when you need it. Yeah, so it was really like a nice time for me to rest, but I also had a lot of time to think about what my body really needed, and around that time I also became much more interested in my menstrual cycle. So I started studying hormones, I, got, um, I added like a hormone concentration because I was so into it, and um, I started to think about how I could structure my workouts around my menstrual cycle rather than say what I used to do is be like, okay, I have a spin membership, so I'm going to just spin every day that, that was I can me. of a month, you know? And like sometimes when you happen to be in your ovulatory phase or maybe your follicular phase, you feel really good and it feels good to do that really intense cardio. But then you show up the next week and you're PMSing and it's like the last thing you want to do, but I would still push through it and I would end up like re-inflaming um, like an old injury in my neck or getting a migraine or straining something or really just like walking out feeling puffier than I walked in. <laughs> so I started to realize that there was, there's like a time and a place for all of these things. And especially when you're coming out of burnout, it's really important to be mindful of how much you're pushing your body. Going to a 45 to 60 minute spin class is not the greatest thing for your cortisol levels, but right. taking some time to breathe on the mat and maybe getting really deep into your core and still feeling the muscle activation, but not completely like burning out your body is a better place to start. <laughs> mm -hmm. So that's where you can start to get familiar with your menstrual cycle and start to add these workouts in and just kind of start to ride the wave of your hormones throughout the month. Yeah, wow. Okay, so I, I've always known, okay, that's something you can try to implement. Mm -hmm. So, um, but I was like, oh, I'm already paying for this membership, so I just am going to use it. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I'm wasting money. And it's also like, you just don't feel good when you haven't moved or worked out in days, right? Mm -hmm. So with your method, you can still be active, but just supporting your body mm -hmm. um, and giving it what it needs along with food, which I have <laughs> another episode on with a different hormone person. Uh -huh. um, but when you said if you're like doing the quote unquote wrong workout um, at the wrong time, you can be triggering um, release of fat stored hormone. Mm -hmm. That was like really motivating for me. I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to work hard and like gain weight, you know? Yeah, it's really like, it's so fascinating to me because I think just as a mm, culturally, socially, as a gender, we have kind of this idea that you should be able to perform and produce the same amount consistently day in and day out. And I love cycle syncing and applying this method because it gives you permission to feel the way you feel every day. And it's, you don't have to expect yourself to always feel like you do in your ovulatory phase. Yeah. Because it's just not realistic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it's much more beneficial to your body, to your fitness goals, whatever goal you may have to honor yourself where you're at that day. 
and you know, I'm not saying you don't do hard things. We still <laughs> want to do hard things. Um, but we don't have to add more to our plates. Yeah, you don't have to make it, you know, inordinately difficult for yourself. <laughs> yeah. To, in, in order to be fit, in order to, you know, feel empowered in your body, you don't have to be, you know, pounding the pavement with a 10 mile run or whatever the thing is. <laughs> yeah, and um, I remember hearing you talking about how what like pre-pandemic you were teaching at a studio and you had a client who was showing up at 6 a.m every day mm -hmm. and she was making progress but then you know she had to like not do that mm -hmm. since you know like quarantine and whatnot mm -hmm. and then when you saw her again she was just like a different person mm -hmm. she lost inflammation so what is going on there yeah so i i worked with her for a few months and before the pet well I guess it was probably about six months before the whole quarantine shutdown happened and she was a female entrepreneur she had a lot going on in her life she had a lot going on with her family she had just lost her father recently so she had a lot of emotional grief that I think she was holding on to and I could see it in her body and she um, I know that she had been struggling with her weight and she was just, you know, trying all these different things and nothing was changing with her body. And then she also had like all of this inflammation, like her shoulders were always like out of place. Like sometimes she would come in and like, we really wouldn't be able to do Pilates because she couldn't move her body. Like we would just, I would try to get her to a place where she could go to work and be able to like work at her desk. You know, that was like the goal for the session rather than working through a Pilates flow. And um, then the shutdown happened and she wasn't able to do anything. She couldn't go into the office, she couldn't travel. She was traveling a lot for her job. And then I saw her again and it was like, like you said, like a brand new person. It was incredible. And I had kind of anticipated it just from my own experience. I was hoping that she had been taking the time to just like chill out. Um, but she had just been in such a high stress state in her body that you know, that fight or flight response was just telling her body to hold on to all of the, the, the fat storage that you can hold on to like this inflammation to protect your body. And when she finally was able to relax, her body relaxed too. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's really incredible to see. <laughs> yeah, that is amazing. So that got me thinking, okay, so maybe I'm not doing myself a favor when I get up at 5.30 and like rush to my 6 a.m. workout. Um, obviously, like I still love group classes mm -hmm. and I like the community, but um, just like not making, not giving myself more stress would mm -hmm. actually like help me see more progress. Mm -hmm. Because I actually, this sounds, obviously I don't want to sound mean, but um, sometimes you go to a studio mm -hmm. and you see like people showing up day after day, but they don't look like they're, mm -hmm. you know, there's no positive change. Uh -huh. Well, maybe like their mental health is better because mm -hmm. they're moving and sweating and like making friends. But like mm -hmm. in terms of physical appearance, you're like, do you, do you really work out though? <laughs> you know what I mean? I do. And I think that there maybe can be multiple 
reasons for that. One being what we were just talking about is maybe they have a lot of stress going mm -hmm. on in their life for whatever reason their body is like holding on to that for protection. Mm -hmm. Or, um, and this is a little bit more nuanced, but depending on, you know, the way that you're moving your body, Pilates is a very like nuanced method and there's lots of different branches of it that are beneficial and resonate with different people. Mm. So, but depending on, you know, what kind of instruction you're getting, if you're not activating the right muscles and executing the movement, pretty much anything you do in Pilates should start from the middle of your body. Mm -hmm. Even if you're moving your arms or your legs, like it starts with your breath in your belly. So if the movement is not initiating, if the action is not happening from the right place, the right muscles might not be engaging and then you're not toning in the way that you would want to be or okay. think that you might be. Yeah. If that makes sense. It does. <laughs> it does. Form is so important. And that mm -hmm. actually makes me want to like sit up straighter. <laughs> Um, okay, so you talked about how you help your client, you know, like be able to like move her neck. So mm -hmm. not only is Pilates good for like, you know, getting in shape and getting toned, mm -hmm. it's also, it seems to like be helpful for like, obviously posture and just like, I don't know, like physical alignment. Yeah, um, Pilates, like I like to think about it as like the exercise I'm going to be able to do for the rest of my life because it's really about keeping your spine aligned, keeping your core really strong, and moving your body in functional ways. Um, it was created actually by a boxer, mm. and he trained police a officer. <laughs> yeah, Joseph Pilates is the creator of the method. He was just this incredibly intuitive man that just would watch human bodies and animal bodies moving and just before we had all the science that we have behind Pilates, he was able to just like know that this is what bodies need. Mm. And he developed this method. And it's definitely evolved now that we know a little bit more about like certain scientific things. Um, but at its core, like it stays the same and it's about putting things back into order. Like, like I said, for me, I came to it looking for a solution really because I was feeling so weak like I literally couldn't drive with both my hands on the steering wheel at the same time <laughs> because my back was so weak so you could imagine me in like a ballet class not able to hold my arms out to the side which was like really frustrating um, so I knew I just had this sense that I was going to be able to feel stronger and more connected in my body and it took me a while to find it to find the right place for what I was looking for, but it was, I was right. It was true. And once I saw that, I knew I'd be able to help other people with it. And I've seen incredible changes in people's bodies from practicing the method consistently um, in all ages too, because mm -hmm. it just, it's for everybody. Yeah. Um, so for me, <laughs> like, this is like a selfish question, <laughs> but, um, when I do, so like during the lockdown stuff, I did this Pilates subscription workout and they were like relatively short, mm -hmm. you know, one pound ball of weights, maybe a band. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is too easy. This is too short. Mm -hmm. So obviously if I'm approaching it with that attitude, I'm mm -hmm. not going to really like see the results mm -hmm. I want, right? Um, so like how much exercise is enough? What do you think? I think 
But then I, the whole time, I was like seeing other people be like, "Oh, this changed my body," and I was like confused. So yes, please go on. So I think it's enough when you feel like it's enough. Um, I I have to agree with you. I do make some shorter videos because I know that some people maybe are short on time, or it's nice to like mix and match things sometimes. But I think. Being on the mat for like 30 to 45 minutes, like if you're really looking for a workout, you have to be on the mat for 30 to 45 minutes. Okay, love that. Yeah, <laughs> because if you're doing, you have to, you get warmed up with your breath, you get some heat flowing through your body, and then you start to like really feel things and come back around to things. Um, but on the flip side of that, like if you are, you know, really fatigued or burnt out doing a 45 minute mat workout might not be the best thing for you so i think and this is something that i really try to stress in my method in my membership when you come to the mat you should really just like take a second to close your eyes and ask yourself what your body wants that day not necessarily like what you think it needs because that might be something different um, but what it wants and so if you start with like a 15 minute flow and you finish and you're like well that wasn't really what I was looking for, maybe you do like a little bit more or maybe like that was enough. Um, but I think it should be like a really um, self-reflected, like intuitive Yeah, it's thing. like a actually like tuning in mm -hmm. and, you know, as your body, not like think your way through it because mm -hmm. that's like not productive. Yeah. You know, because then there's just like too much information out there mm -hmm. regarding fitness. Yes. You know what I mean? That's exactly what I was going to say. I think there's a lot of like comparison that happens in fitness of like this person is doing this, so I should be doing that or they're going to this group workout, so I need to go to that group workout even though I'm going to have my period and it's going to suck, <laughs> you know, like those kind of things. So I think really like getting clear with yourself about what you need in your body each day is the most important thing that you can do when you're trying to figure out how much exercise you're doing. Mm, okay, I love when I meet fitness instructors or projectors, because you just feel like, you know, every, you know, type can be really good fitness instructors, mm -hmm. but it just feels insightful <laughs> and thoughtful. Yeah, I think that is one thing that I do like to bring to my work with my clients, and I hope that it comes through in my videos as well, is that I'm always thinking about, like, these little nuanced things of what you might be feeling in your body and what you actually need to do right now versus like what you think might be going on. Um, yeah, because I get a lot of people be like, oh, I did this, you know, Pilates workout. Should I pair it with like walks or strength training? Mm -hmm. um, so like, do you recommend people um, stick to your platform or do you feel like they should supplement I, with. I think it depends on where you're coming from and what your goal Let's is. Let's say their goal is like to lose five to ten pounds. Okay, so if your goal is to lose five to ten pounds and you've also, is this person also like burnt out and like really stressed in their life too? Mm -hmm. I would suggest trying to stick to the structure of my method for like 30 days and see what happens mm -hmm. because there is, there has to be a certain level of trust in it. And I have some private clients that I've been working with for years now. 
and the changes in strength and flexibility and muscle tone and all of these things that I've seen in them is tremendous. But if they, you know, were looking for those results after the first like two sessions, oh my gosh, you know, it, it's not going to be there. So you, and I'm not saying it's going to take years to get yeah. results. It doesn't take years to get results. It takes, you try 10 sessions and you're definitely going to feel something in your body. But when you are looking to shed weight, and I experienced this in my own life because I thought that I was just gaining weight for a lot of the, my early 20s. And when I finally allowed myself to relax and really eat a little bit more clean and take out the processed foods, that was what allowed my body to change and like kind of come back to feeling like myself and like looking in the mirror and being like, Oh yeah, this is me. <laughs> There's me. <laughs> um, it wasn't about like pushing really hard in the gym because I had tried that in so many different ways with hot yoga, with spin, with like running outdoors, all of these different things over the years that I thought was going to be like the answer that was going to like get me the body results mm -hmm. that I wanted never did but what did get me the results was getting on a mat not looking in the mirror and just doing these really low impact workouts and trusting what my body was telling me yeah I love that and it really depends person to person because if you feel like oh you want to feel really empowered you can like actually get that from going to the gym and like mm -hmm. lift a little bit heavier mm -hmm. and like challenging yourself that way mm -hmm. but um it's never about like pushing your body too mm -hmm. far it's yeah. like you, you can challenge it but mm -hmm. you don't have to like push it super hard yeah and there, i mean i think there's a time and a place for everything and to kind of to go back to your original question i think walking regardless is a great form of exercise to supplement with because you're getting outside you're getting some sunshine and that's great for you too um, but to like feeling really empowered and going to lift heavy weights, you know, figure out when your ovulatory phase is and get it, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So my friend, someone's like, do you want to go to F45? And I know a lot of people love it, but to me, it's just like, I feel like I would hate it. I just know. <laughs> Did you try it? No. I'm not going to spend $30 on something I just know I will hate. Yeah, that's what And that's I just haven't. me, so I take it with a grain of salt, but that's just not me. And I actually went through a period where I was going to the gym and working with a personal trainer, and I would feel like, oh, okay, you can actually, like, live all that weight. But afterwards, I'll, like, do it in the morning, and I'll just be tired. For the rest of the day mm -hmm. and I'll like have so much more cravings I'm like what is happening mm -hmm. so it actually didn't end up being a net positive <laughs> so yeah it's very holistic mm -hmm. yeah and I think everybody is different and I think um, you could probably look at this from like a lot of different standpoints like doshas or like human design profiles or whatever like people are built differently like me personally doing really high impact workouts is just not my jam. My body doesn't love doing that, but there are certain people that like really crave that kind of motion in their life. So adding that in, like when you feel ready for it, I think is great. Mm -hmm, definitely. Um, so is there anything you are working on, excited to share with the world? Like tell us. <laughs> yes. So I'm actually working on a 30 day program right now that is going to be 
cycle syncing 101 basically helping you get acquainted with your menstrual cycle the whole thing <laughs> the full 28 to 35 day however long your cycle is um, getting used to knowing what kinds of movement is appropriate at different times and how to kind of tune into your body and then also like some lifestyle and nutrition content that is going to help support your cycle and help you you know manage any PMS symptoms that you might have because a lot of the things that we feel are common but they're not normal so a big goal with this is with cycle syncing is also to just feel good all the time and know that you don't have to feel burnout, you don't have to suffer through PMS symptoms, you can balance your hormones and live in sync with them and that is, I feel like, just the key to feeling good all the time. Okay, I love that so much. You, like, We as humans deserve to feel good all the fucking time because mm -hmm. sometimes I'll be like getting a notification from my period app, it'll be mm -hmm. like, oh, you're in your luteal phase. I'm like, fuck my life. <laughs> you know? And like the follicular feels mm -hmm. really good, but it always feels really short. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we're supposed to feel good all the time. You're I supposed love to feel good all the time. You can feel good all the time. And sometimes it's as simple as like life, simple lifestyle or dietary or supplement adjustments. Sometimes you need to, you know, work with a practitioner and they're all okay. Yes. I'm so excited to try out your workouts and just give it an honest try without, you know, expectations. Like, I know I'm going to love it already, mm -hmm. but, you know, just like with a little bit more surrendering. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm excited to try that. Can you tell us a little bit more of what you can expect in your membership? Yeah. So like I kind of mentioned earlier, there are three different intensities of flows that I offer. We have strengthen, lengthen, and define. So the bulk of the method is these strengthen flows because you spend most of your time in your follicular and luteal phases. And that's when you want to be doing strength and resistance training, this body weight, low impact training. Um, so we've got those. And then we've got the lengthen for your menstrual phase or whenever you need to restore. If you did a really you know, hard workout and you feel sore, this is where you want to go for like foam rolling, myofascial release, deep stretching, maybe a little bit of like active meditation type things. Just get your body to calm down. And then the define workouts or are for your ovulatory phase or like whenever you have like this energy that you feel like I need to burn off some of this energy. So we do Pilates circuits. That's the bulk of the define workouts where rather than just doing three to five reps of something and moving on, which is usually what I do in a strength and flow, we'll choose, I'll choose maybe three exercises that we can continually come around to in a circuit. So we're building strength, stamina, coordination, um, and endurance in those circuits. Oh, that sounds fun. Mm -hmm. um, do you have any tips around like how to make your workouts more challenging so you know you're like still getting sore and seeing progress if you've been doing this for a long time i think the number one thing that everybody can do in their workouts to like deepen the feeling is to really concentrate on the breath that's the number one thing that i tell all the clients that i see in person and virtually and what i talk about in my videos 
when you allow your belly to move while you're working out, while you're breathing, you're, just the act of breathing is toning your abdominal wall. Oh. So if you really, because that's a muscle, so you push it out, you pull it in, you're creating some muscle activation there. So when you pair that with all of the other movements that you're doing in your workout, whatever it is, not only are you going to feel more balanced, like if you're upright, you're going to have more balance that way, uh, you're also going to feel more connection and more muscle activation. So that would be my, my number one tip. Everybody needs to breathe more and deeper. Okay, I need to remember that. Because sometimes when you're in a class, you just realize that you're not breathing. Mm -hmm. And that's like work. the worst thing to do. And then you're just like tensing up rather yeah. than like lengthening. And that happens a lot. And I think that's um, something that happens in Pilates. People feel like, oh, my wrists or my joints, like it's bearing down. Like it's too much weight on my wrists if I'm holding a plank or, you know, my knees or whatever it is. The magic is when you use that breath to push things away and you literally like create space in your joints. So those are my two tips. <laughs> okay, awesome tips. Where can people find you? So you can find me on Instagram at Spring to Life Method and you can find my website. It's springtolife.co and where else am I? I'm on Pinterest. <laughs> awesome. Okay, spring to life across the board. Spring to life across the board. I try to make it easy. <laughs> okay, so good to talk to you and hang out in person. Yeah, thank you. So that tip about breathing that she shared, I actually have been consciously incorporating that in my own workouts and According to my Apple Watch, I'm burning like 25% more calories than I otherwise would. So thank you for that juicy tip, Caitlin. Again, highly recommend Caitlin's membership platform, Spring to Life. You can get your first month for free if you apply the code SANDY, S-A-N-D-Y in all caps at checkout. So don't miss out on that. There's so much juicy goodness on there. Check out the show notes for all of Caitlin's info. And thank you for listening. I would love for you to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That's how you can help the show grow and reach more people. I hope you have a great rest of your day and I will talk to you next time. Bye.